Our sermon today is going to be a follow-along of a book that was over 120 years old at this point that points out specific things about prayer within Scripture. And the verse that that book used was Ephesians 6.18, and it reads as follows. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So if you will pray with me. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations deep within all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. American evangelist, pastor, and educator, and writer, Reuben Archer, R.A. Torrey, lived on God's earth from 1856 to 1928. In that time, he wrote a book titled How to Pray, which was first published in 1900. In this book, Torrey had a list of 11 reasons why prayer is important in the life of the believer. Today, we're going to look at these 11 reasons why prayer is important. But I want you to keep this in mind. As James Montgomery Boyce the former pastor at 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, wrote, Through Bible study, God speaks to us. By prayer, we speak to God. Both are as necessary in developing a personal relationship as genuine two-way conversation. Prayer is not a stand-alone discipline in the life of the believer, but when combined with Bible study, allowing God to speak to us through the pages of Scripture, prayer and Bible study become the foundation of a solid Christian life. You simply cannot have either be effective without the other. The list I mentioned of 11 reasons why we pray is as follows. Number one, we pray because there is a devil. He's cunning. He's mighty. He never rests. He is ever plotting the downfall of the child of God. And if the child of God relaxes in prayer, the devil will succeed in ensnaring him. We will see this over and over and over during our walk on this planet with the Lord Jesus. We will either be torn away from prayer and study by the world or simply lose sight of the need for both. The result is the devil coming in and wreaking havoc. You'll lose sight of the mission. You become callous to prayer and scripture study, focusing on the things of the world. Your time with God becoming non-existent. The devil brings in new ways to distract you, and before you know it, you're far away from God. Long gone are the days of close communion and fellowship with God, replaced by the cares and the issues of the world. We pray in order to maintain this close communion with our Lord, to keep the cross of Christ at the forefront of our lives and our interactions with God fresh and renewing day after day, holding tight to God as one would hold tight to a treasured friend. To release your grip from God is to begin the process of being swallowed again by the world. 
the world around you and being separated from God, where your spiritual life begins to suffer. The number two reason why it's important to pray. Prayer is God's appointed way for obtaining things, and the great secret of all lack in our experience, in our life, and in our work is neglect of prayer. James wrote, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Many times the practicing Christian sees things they want or desire. They wonder why they make so little progress in their walks, why they make so little progress in their ministries, they make so little progress in their overall endeavors. They read their Bible. They try to walk as it says they should walk, yet they see no fruit. Yet, the one thing they lack is prayer. God has not given because they have not asked. When we walk close with God in prayer and study, we oftentimes see things we desire and ask of God. He may see the benefit and he may grant our petition or he may simply deny our request. Either way, the prayer is answered. Those walking close to God will continue to commune more with the Lord and see the reason why the request was granted or why it was denied. Those not so close will go off like a spoiled child, feet kicking at rocks and mumbling. Their lack of maturity and understanding the Lord's ways and will has shown why they lack so much. All lack is from neglect of prayer. Reason number three, those men whom God set forth as a pattern of what he expected Christians to be, the apostles, regarded prayer as the most important business of their lives. If the apostles regarded prayer as the most important part of their lives, why should we think we can get by without it? They brought in deacons as the church grew so they could give themselves time for prayer and ministry of the word. They didn't go out and do as they pleased and then let others take over their duties, nor did they decide they would go about their day and do all their fun stuff that they wanted to do. But rather, they placed prayer at the forefront of their lives. It was part of their relationship with God. They stayed diligent for, to prayer, never veering away from one want to another, delight, but rather stayed focused on the Lord. The focus was so concentrated that just as Jesus did, just as Stephen did, they prayed earnestly, daily, and they too, at the end, asked for forgiveness for their assailants in prayer to the Lord as they met a martyr's death. Number four, prayer occupied a very prominent place and played a very important part in the earthly life of our Lord. Twenty-five times in the Gospels in connection with Jesus was the words pray or prayer. At times, Jesus would not sleep so he could pray. He'd get up early or he'd stay up all night in prayer. Jesus Christ was devoted to prayer. 
Do you remember right before he was taken prisoner and he was praying in the garden? Luke 22 reads, And he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him. strengthening him and being in agony he was praying very fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground when he rose from prayer he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them why are you sleeping get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation jesus christ had prayed so fervently that his sweat became like great drops of blood, while the disciples couldn't stay awake long enough to pray for themselves. If our Lord placed so much importance on prayer, why do some believers shrug it off or decide that since they're not good at it, they simply won't do it? Is that any reason? Is that any reason to not pray when the Lord placed such a heavy importance on it while present on earth? Number five, praying is the most important part of the present ministry of our risen Lord. It is written in Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Let me repeat that last part. He always lives to make intercession for them. Romans 8.34 says that Jesus Christ is currently at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. I want you to think about that. Jesus, right now, as we gather, is at the right hand of God making intercession for you and for me. As I just read, Jesus Christ is currently praying. He was praying on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was praying after the tomb, and he continues in prayer to this day. Jesus Christ, to this day, is making intercession for those that God is drawing near. And yet, yet, many think or act as if prayer is nothing, something that can be done at the end of the day or not at all. I know Jesus Christ. I believe in him. Why do I need to pray? And this is then closely followed by a verse taken out of context to support their flawed ideology of prayer and their flawed interpretation skills of Scripture. God knows what I want. I don't need to tell him. I don't need to pray. He takes care of the sparrows, so he'll take care of me. Yet their lives will lack from neglect of prayer. If Jesus didn't neglect prayer, neither should we, as followers of his, neglect prayer. Number six. Prayer is the means that God has appointed for our receiving mercy and obtaining grace to help in time of need. We were all once sinners, now saved by the blood of Christ. But yet, we still sin. We ask for forgiveness of these sins and communion with the Father in prayer. It is in prayer where repentance for sin comes. It can come no other way. Forgiveness of sin cannot come by purchasing it, by chanting a few verses out loud, 
confessing to another fallen human or any other earthly means. It must come through repentance in prayer. God allowing us to see our sin and repent in prayer is God's mercy in practice. We see the grace of God toward us more when we pray and study. As we get to know God and get to know ourselves better, we understand the dynamics of the relationship between God and man on new levels. Man, in his depravity, needing a Savior from God's wrath, God bringing in the blood of Jesus Christ to pay for the sins of the believing ones, God sending his Son to die as payment for sin. This, ladies and gentlemen, is God's grace. Number seven, prayer in the name of Jesus Christ is the way Jesus Christ himself has appointed for his disciples to obtain fullness of joy. Fully focusing on God and Jesus Christ in prayer will bring you joy. The psalmist wrote in regards to a relationship with God in prayer, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. You will see fullness of your joy when you spend time in prayer with God. You will see God make himself known to you. You will see prayers answered. God will not be just a name on a page of a book written long ago. God becomes real and God becomes alive to us. The realization of the supernatural and the place God holds in this world gives you great joy. You don't feel alone. You don't feel abandoned. You can feel the love of God and its effects on your life. And this will bring you joy. You can do nothing else but experience joy when God manifests himself to you in prayer. Number eight, prayer in every care and anxiety and need of life with thanksgiving is the means that God has appointed for obtaining freedom from all anxiety and the peace of God which passes all understanding. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's very simple. Mankind, you and I, were creatures of worry. We always have been. We worry about money. We worry about a job, a house, a car. We worry about our families, our friends, our loved ones. We worry about all the things of the world. Yet, if we spend time in prayer and know God, he will take this anxiety away. When we know God and know he provides, it takes the stresses off of us. Why worry about the world when heaven is our home? As it was once said by the pastor Jonathan Edwards, this world is all the hell that a true Christian is to ever endure. And it is all the heaven that unbelievers shall ever enjoy. Yet even when a believer is living through the only hell they will ever experience, they have the Spirit of God guiding them and God the Father giving them a listening ear. Responding to the prayer of the believer, giving them hope in Christ and hope for tomorrow. Replacing the anxiety through prayer, prayer with peace of mind. 
the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension. So our hearts and our minds will be guarded in Jesus Christ. Number nine, prayer is the method that God himself has appointed for our obtaining the Holy Spirit. Luke wrote in the book of Acts, gathering them, speaking of the disciples, together, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from, of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. God had been with man in the Old Testament. Many places in Scripture, God had spoken with man in regards to what he wanted to see happening, what we needed to be doing on the earth, and what would happen to man if they did not repent and turn to him. Following 450 years of silence upon the earth between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God unveiled himself in the flesh as Jesus Christ. For the next 30 plus years, Christ walked the earth with his creation until he was crucified. Upon his ascension into heaven, Jesus said, as the verse earlier noted, the believers would have the Holy Spirit come upon them. This, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is God with us. To those who have felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing like it this side of heaven. The peace, the grace, the mercy of God flowing around and through you. The knowledge to know and feel God. The knowledge to know and feel God with you. That God cares so much for us that he comes to us and comforts and cares for us. That despite who we are, God is there with us. The power given by the Holy Spirit caused those in the early church to go into all the earth with boldness to testify the risen Christ to all nations. And this same Holy Spirit that caused the early church to grow and thrive is the same Holy Spirit available to you today through prayer. What has stopped you from asking for the Lord's Holy Spirit to come down and invade your life? When next you pray, when next you commune with God, ask Him to unveil His Holy Spirit to you and pour it out upon you. Your life will be changed. Your walk with Christ will take on a new fervor, a new meaning. In that, you can trust as the Lord has promised it. Number 10, prayer is the means that Christ has appointed, whereby our hearts shall not become overcharged with gluttony and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so the day of Christ's return comes upon us suddenly as a snare. Again, we look to the book of Luke, where Luke wrote, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dispensation and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, 
praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is drawing nearer by the day. Scripture says the second coming of Jesus Christ will come upon people like a thief in the night. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come, just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Where will the second coming of Christ find you? Will you be found in prayer? Communing with the Father? Studying Scripture? Witnessing about the risen Christ? Or will you be glued to the TV, watching useless programming designed to turn you away from Jesus and to the world? Maybe the Lord will return in his glory, whereas Jesus said in Matthew, The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other, only to find you drunken and stumbling. The eastern sky ablaze with the glory of God, and you wrapped up tight in the arms of your lover in sexual sin. This is why we must be devoted to prayer, brothers and sisters. The Lord's return is imminent, and you do not want him coming back with you involved in sin. You want to be one of the ones, when the eastern sky lights up and the trumpet sound, that you don't drop your drink or unclasp your lover, but rather look up from prayer and the Lord's work and get ready to meet your Savior. Amen? Amen. Because of what prayer accomplishes is number 11. Remember the words of James Boyce from earlier? Through Bible study, God speaks to us. By prayer, we speak to God. Both are as necessary in developing a personal relationship as is genuine two-way conversation. Prayer accomplishes spiritual growth alongside but not separated from God's Word. As we pray and study, we will grow in the knowledge, we will grow in the grace, and we will grow in the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. There will not be a choice. Growth will happen. It is in prayer the hidden sins of our lives will be magnified for us to see. It is in prayer our innermost hopes and desires are realized, our questions answered, our petitions heard. Prayer. Honest Prayer exposes your life fully to the triune God, and with you cultivating your relationship with God, He can use you for His glory like never before. And you will be more than willing to be used of Him. Knowing His ways and His desires helps you become a vessel that can be used to bring the Lord into the life of another. Through prayer, we see the conversion of others around us. I know. I've personally had people in prayer for conversion for years. And what a glorious day it is when their absconding from God comes to an end. And there you are to witness their surrender to the Lord. Prayer can show us the truth in our thoughts and minds, accomplishing our systematic escape from false teachings, from false doctrines, and from falsehoods. So any sort of of false teaching 
that we can escape from will bring us into the fold as believers in the true biblical God. And prayer can not only accomplish the spiritual healing of those we pray for, but physical healing as well. The majority of the prayer requests I receive are for prayer for physical ailments, and I've seen the Lord heal. I've personally seen blind eyes see. I've personally seen deaf ears hear. I've seen infirmities of the skin be healed overnight. All of these were done because of prayer and by no other means. So there we have the 11 reasons why prayer is important. But let us remember our attitude toward prayer and our devotion to it will make the difference in our lives. We must not go with an attitude of want, but with an attitude of wanting to be with God. To discuss our worries and cares, to tell our Heavenly, Fathers, our Heavenly Father our praises to Him, and to pour out our thanksgiving. In our communion time with the Father, we must concentrate on Him, making God the center of the, our prayer time and not our cares, worries, and wants. To concentrate on ourselves offers up prayer to ourselves. We must be sure when we pray that we have settled our minds to the point we are in the presence of God and not self alone. That He is there. The Holy Spirit is there. And we can come into deep communion with God. While corporate prayer is effective, how much more so if we take what we heard in corporate prayer and didn't take it to the nearest gossip table, but rather took it to our prayer closet, concentrated fully on the Father, and asked Him directly through the Mediator, Jesus Christ. I am certain that mountains would move. As James Boyce wrote in his book, Foundations of the Christian Faith, many of our difficulties in prayer may be removed by getting clear to whom we are praying and what He has done to make prayer possible. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus began by stressing the only prayer that can be that can truly be called prayer is that which is directed consciously and explicitly to God the Father. Some think that all prayers are offered to God, and sadly this isn't the case. Some prayers are directed to the dead, prayers prayed before others that are essentially used to boost the credentials of the person praying it, to show how they're more godly, more closer to Christ than the next person. And these prayers, sadly, due to the sinful nature of the request, the prayer may never reach the throne. Some prayers are play, prayed with vanity, some from perceived piety, some prayed with the unbelief that even if God could answer the prayer, he simply wouldn't. Or even prayers offered to appease the one asking, but prayed by the one praying with a heart of unbelief, that no matter what, God will not answer that prayer, that maybe possibly God can answer. When we leave here today, let us commit to dusting off the Bibles and getting on our knees, getting them dirty as we go before the Lord in prayer. Let Him commune with us in prayer as we commune with Him. And also let us study the Scriptures to see who God truly is. And to the God that we find in Scriptures, to Him, let, your, let our prayers be raised. Make the time for God. Treat Him like a treasured friend and not as if you're rushing a phone call to your BFF.
dumping your concerns upon him and leaving as fast as you arrived. Here you are, Father. Deal with this. I have things to do. And of utmost importance, do not forget to acknowledge the answers you receive in prayer. This may be joyous. They may be the answers you were looking for, and they may be the answers you were not looking for. But acknowledge the Father and thank Him. For it is because of Him why we breathe every breath, while our hearts beat every beat, and our eyes open to another day. Follow along as you leave here today with the decree of King David as he and his men returned the Ark of God back to the city of David. O oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonderful deeds, which he has done, his marvels and the judgments from his mouth. Amen. Amen. Amen.